Hey, I'm Dina Blizzard, and you're watching One Funny Morning. Welcome to One Funny Morning Show. From Monday to Friday. And sometimes on Saturday. Why would you say that for all these people? You never know what's going to happen. Carmen. Cortez. Good morning, everybody. What's outside your weather door? Good morning. Happy, 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 everybody. Hello. Well, as you can see, I'm in a dirty gym. But this is the Wally Way Christmas. We have 551 families, so over 400, uh, 468 kids. So, and then check it over here. Those are the bikes that need to be put on. So this is what I'm doing for the week. So Merry Christmas, everybody. You're watching One Funny Mother uh, with Dina Blizzard. And um, y'all have a happy squirrely curly day. Bye. Good morning. Curly Top did a great job. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the morning show. I'm Dita Blizzard. Uh, is it Thursday? Sure. I should really, I should really get that information solid before we go live. <laughs> so I don't know. Somebody should know what day it is. I'm going to stick with Thursday because I don't think I drank last night. That's how I like to page it. Uh, good morning. It's a workout day. Haven't worked out in a week and a half and I ate a lot of food last night, so I'm feeling it. So good morning, Chico. Welcome this morning. It is Thursday. If only I had a calendar. What did my calendar go? I should look at it every day. Does anybody else do this thing where you have like a calendar on your phone you have a paper calendar that you you tediously update and write everything down. Like, I'm the most organized person I know. And you do it and you stay on top of it. You're like, oh, yes, I'm this person. And you work on it. And then the morning comes, like Thursday morning comes. And instead of looking at the calendar where you wrote everything, you just aimlessly walk around the house going, I feel like I have a lot to do today. And then you like completely miss a doctor's appointment that was like at 8.30 in the morning. Um, and you're like, oh, if only I had written it down somewhere. But you have it. Like, no, I did. I wrote it right here. I just, I didn't read it. Anybody? Is it just me? Mm-hmm. I will write things down. And then I'll get a call from a doctor's office going, are you coming in? And I go, I wish I wrote. Oh, I did. Yep. No, it says it right here. It's supposed to be there. Yeah. No, I don't read the calendar. It's so good. So good. So many flaws in my system. <laughs> there you go. Oh, I guess this is who I am. I call my... Um, appointments on my calendar, my phone, so, as do I, Amy. And guess what? Still doesn't work. Mm -hmm. The text reminder from the do from the doctor's office are clutch. You are not wrong. And I know mm -hmm. that's why I set alarms on my phone an hour before my appointment. Yeah, 
I should probably do that. Good morning from Hammond, Indiana. Good morning, David. Indiana always seems like a lovely place. I don't know that Indiana has like a, like what's your personality? Like I feel like, and we've had this conversation before. I feel like you could say I'm from Jersey. People are like, I know who you are. Like that. Like we have a very like consistent, slightly attitude problem that's well documented. But if somebody was like, I'm from Indiana. Okay. Can I have some more information? Who's your hospitality? I've never heard those two words together. <laughs> Are you guys known as being real hospitable? I don't know. Sure. I guess. I don't know. I know, VN. Remember my six foot calendar on the wall made of chalkboard and still, still miss stuff. The calendar was the same size as me. Still miss stuff. The Swiffer stick is in the frame. I see that. Thank you for bringing that up, Effort. Um, it's because there's dog poop all over the floor. This is how I start my day. I won't be putting the Swiffer back in the closet. I don't think ever. Mm-hmm. So I'm from New York and yeah, we already know Bob. Mm -hmm. Why are you dissing on Indiana? It's a meh state, but I don't know. I, that's what I said. I can't even diss on it, Val. I don't even know anything about it to diss about. I guess I'm just saying like Indiana, this is the people, this is your chance to step up. Say so I'm from Indiana and we're known for blank. And I would believe you. You could be like, we're known for hotcakes. And they'd be like, it's odd, but okay. I don't know anything. Does anybody know anything about Indiana? Just finished watching the first episode of American Nightmare. Mm -hmm. And he's totally believable, but maybe a murderer. Am I wrong? Like, I want to believe you. But I'd like to hear some other people first. <laughs> the tree is looking beautiful. It's filled with love. Filled with love. I live in Massachusetts and we don't pronounce the letter R. Thank you. That was a very good. It's uh, the state next to Ohio. How about we do this? Tell me what state you're from and what thing you're known for. You think. I watched all three and wasn't that surprised. Courtney, you believed at the in episode one. You're like, yeah, this seems totally reasonable. No, it doesn't. It sounds like a crazy story. I don't know. Courtney, you're amazing then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As a Jersey person who lived in Indiana for a while, hospitable, yes. Wholesome, Midwest, flat. Yeah. Nashville, Tennessee. Hey, y'all. Notre Dame, Indy 500. Okay. Yeah. All right. They have the Indy 500. And from Florida, and we have Florida Man. <laughs> Florida Man is the beginning of no good sentence. Minnesota, known for you sure you betcha. I know. We love Old Bay and crabs, Maryland. I've heard that. New Jersey, vegetables, Dina Blizzard. <laughs> no one's ever said that. Arkansas, beauty of lakes, forests, and the Owichia Mountains. Owichia Mountains. Mm-hmm. Kathy, it's my favorite video. 
Hey, James from Virginia. What I miss? Not much. Um, I did post a video yesterday that I will call, I can only refer to as um, Ode to Jack Handy. Do you guys remember Jack Handy? Um, from, it was a Saturday Night Live sketch. I think that that was my inspiration for the video that I made of Lulu and the kids yesterday. I don't know if everyone saw it. Um, but I, I was tickled the way it came out. <laughs> deep thoughts with Jack Handy. Ode to deep thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it just, sometimes things just come together. And that was one of them. Mm-hmm. Known for Dell's Lemonade in Rhode Island. Autocrat coffee syrup and clam fritters. Never had any of them. I also assume he will be willing to do the same thing for my mother. (laughs) Is that your Christmas tree that's still up? David, look at it. I'm not going to answer that question. David, I want you to look at the tree. I can't help you. I'm going to talk to you like I talk to my kids that are half asleep. Look at it. Does it look like a Christmas tree, David? So, um, mm-hmm. the music, the voice, the last sentence, it all, it all just came together. Mm-hmm. Washita. That, the O-U-A is wash? Come on now. You just, that's not, it's Awacha. Washita. Come on. Come on. You talking crazy. Yeah, it's a Valentine's Day. Thank you, Tim. Um, clam cakes, not fritters. I sent the video to my cousin and she said, I'm so confused. As, a, as was I. As was I. Mm-hmm. So I have some news. Where was this one? This was in Alabama. Anybody from Alabama here? Mm-hmm. I sound I found this title. <laughs> and I just thought to myself, this sounds fun. I'm gonna read you the title of this article. Keep in mind this Alabama. All right, here we go. The title of the article is hold on. Nude man. Let's just stop there. Now, just like Leslie said, Florida man, <laughs> and then nothing, nothing good happens. In the news, a Florida man, and then nothing after that part of the sentence is good. It never is like Florida man saves the lives of 200 children while donating a million dollars to cancer research. It never, it never ends well. And I'm going to say the same thing when the first two words of the AP article, Associated Press, nude man caught. Okay, here we go. Nude man nabbed by police. After taking a cannonball plunge into a giant aquarium at Bass Pro Shop in Alabama. That is, let's just unpack. Let's unpack. Okay. I love that they named the type of dive. They didn't say he jumped in. He straight cannonballed. Like somebody was there enough to watch it and document it. That they were just like, do not say that he jumped in this this aquarium. At Bass Pro Shop, you will decipher that it was a full cannonball. 
and 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 impressive. There's a whole video, <laughs> Mandy. I didn't know there was a video. <laughs> that's not the first time that's happened. What? How many people are just getting buck naked? There's a video. Okay. Nude, nude man cannonballs. I was gonna say jumps into aquarium at Aspo. Just give me a second here. Nude man <laughs> cannonball plunge. Hold on. I Okay, hold on. Let me. I just let me just mute this. Mm-hmm. But this is the news. They're not going to show him jumping. I got to do this later. But just another day at the best pro show. It happened a few weeks ago. What? All right, let me read it. So here's the here's the article. Hard hitting. A man crashed his car outside of a Bass Pro Shop in Alabama. That doesn't sound great. What did he do next? He stripped down to his birthday suit. What? And plunged into a giant aquarium inside the store. This man had a plan. The ordeal happened Thursday night in front of shocked shoppers in town outside of Birmingham. He's 42 years old. He did a cannonball leap into the aquarium, then stood under a waterfall. I mean, listen, if you're looking for something refreshing, you hot, you a little angry, you got some stuff going on. You're like, why not go for a swim? I get that. Naked, that was, that was, you took some artistic license and then stood under a waterfall. And you're like, you know what? I just need to get this out. I just need a good rinse. Okay. He left the water to yell at two officers, then dove back into the aquarium. He eventually climbed over the side of the aquarium and fell to the concrete floor below. That he did not end well. He didn't he didn't stick the landing. Let me put it that way. And he was charged with public lewdness, disorderly conduct, and criminal mischief. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Outside and then was the belly flopped onto the cement outside. Mm-hmm. Was he smoking or drinking? You know, that does seem germane to the story and yet not mentioned. He didn't want to get his clothes wet. He's like, listen, I might be having a moment, but this is dry clean only. So I'm not going to. He fell hard. No, Mandy, I have to go watch it. Walk through it. The Dala at the Small World in Disneyland a couple weeks ago. Video is hilarious. I'm going to have to cannonballed and then dove back in. I just love that he cannonballed and, and not even, listen, there's, there's a commitment by at least two people on this article. Number one, the man that did it. Yeah. He was like, if I'm going to do this, let's, let's make it artistic. You know how like at the Olympics, you're being judged on form, technical, and artistic, and he got 10 points. But it means that somebody that witnessed it, A, had to had to be so enthralled that this was happening, but B, had the wherewithal to stand around and just be like, let me just judge this. That was a, that was a solid nine, the jump, the 
stuck the landing cannonball. Big splash. You know how when you watch the Olympics and they have those 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 divers and they somehow base the dive on the uh, like the small amount of splash that they have when they get into the water. But with a cannonball, it's obviously the opposite. But somebody stood and watched it. And when the news got out, they stuck around to make sure they were like, are you right? Are you from the Associated Press? I would like to make sure we add the part where it was a full cannonball. They're like, he jumped in. No, I need you to make sure it was a cannonball, solid cannonball, and then a rinse. <laughs> he was like at the spa. You know how like when you go to the spa and they're like, listen, are you going to do, what are you going to do? Like, I think I'm going to do like a shiatsu massage. They're like, well, we highly recommend that you do a scrub after because it'll really just take all the toxins out. They're like, I don't know if I want to do that. They're like, ma'am, Everett, we have a we have a special. You're going to want to do the scrub. It was like that. Somebody's like, dude, if you're going to cannonball in, at least do the waterfall rinse. I mean, <laughs> they go together. And yeah. Were there sharks in the tank at Bass Pro Shop? I hope not. If they were, they'd be stuffed. Isn't Bass, Bass Pro Shop just filled with like bears like that that are stuffed? I can't imagine that they have bears stuffed, but they have live sharks. I'm, it's an important question. Mm-hmm. The guy who was filming was giving commentary. Oh, I got it. I have to. Re- I have to go watch it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So funny. So I just think to myself, it just reminded me, do you guys remember there was that moment where there was a, an airline steward, I think it was a fella, and he wanted to quit the airline. Don't you remember this a couple of years ago? And he waited for the plane to land. So it's on the tarmac. And I guess he had had enough. He was like, I'm quitting. So he opened the side door and then and then pulled something to make it so like, you know, when they do a water landing and then they poof and the slide comes out and people slide down. He did that. He opened the door, poof, and then slid down. And he was like, peace out. I quit. And then he just. Do you remember? And I was like, I mean, if you're going to quit feels like a good way to go out. I'm sure you'd get arrested for that. Mm-hmm. Someone I know is giving con- commentary while I was trying to pull out a parking. Oh my gosh. Yesterday, Chris and Wendy and I had a meeting and there is a new coffee shop in town. So I said, why don't we meet at this coffee shop? And they're like, yeah, let's do that. We haven't tried that place out. Fine. I pull up. I parallel park my car. I get out. Uh, As I'm putting money in the meter, I see Wendy drive by and then I see Chris drive by. So I am coming down the street and I see Wendy start to attempt to parallel park. And then I, this goes on for a solid, I don't know when, 17 minutes. And I, at some point decide this should be recorded. And then, uh, Chris gets had parked all the way down the street, already parked and is walking back. And now Chris and I are both on the sidewalk, just watching. At one point, if this is the curb, Wendy was perpendicular to the curb, just full, just 
like this. So if this was the curb and you're supposed to parallel park next to it, it would look like that sideways or an aerial shot. Wendy at one point was like this. Just, and I said, do you think this is going well? I don't know. I think, am I near the sidewalk? I go, yeah, you're near the sidewalk. That's your bumper. And then all, all their cars on either side waiting for, yeah, it was like every passing second, it just got worse. There was more people watching. She's like, come park my car. And I go, yeah, please get out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, and it was, I think it just, it was worse because we were watching, but it's not good. Mm-mm. So then she gets out. I parallel parked the car for her. And I said, and I'm still in the car. I go, do you see how this looks? She's like, yeah, it looks great. Could you back up some so I can get out? I go, well, you can get out. You just straight back. And then I put you in the middle. Don't put me in the middle. Put me all the way back so I can just pull out. No. It's fun. Yeah. I, I think it's so funny when people drive cars and are like, I don't know how to parallel park. And that's why I can't live on the East Coast. So Mandy said, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, so I'm parallel parking the car. And she's like, and now she's on the she's on the sidewalk, but the window's down. She goes, oh, my God, are you using the mirrors? And I go, what? Are you using the mirrors? I said, yes, that's how you parallel park a car. She goes, oh, I never use those. I just use the backup camera. And I said, is that what it told you? Your backup camera was like, let's try to make the letter T. Is that what the... Mm-hmm. And I know she's cracking up laughing because this is an accurate depiction of the actual conversation we had. And it's weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The best way to parallel park is to park somewhere else. I have seen people do that. Where they're just like, I'm just going to go pay $40 to go park over here. I'm like, why? This is a great parking spot. We can't park here. I'll be on the curb. Okay. So funny. It was so funny. Mm -hmm. Half of the population can't do it, said Cooley. She's trying to make you feel better. Um, So, uh, yeah, it was a fun day yesterday. So speaking of things that most people can't do. I think this is a great transition into today's topic uh, because I can't think of anything more visceral besides the fact that so much stress is caused by trying to parallel park. Uh, I think the other thing that half the people, probably more than half the people on the planet will say we also can't do is to declutter, get rid of stuff, go through our life make our lives better. (laughs) And I personally have been in the throes of all of this uh, between getting divorced, my dad passing, all of the kids moving out, and me having collected 24 years of kids' things that were so important and you have to keep them forever because your kids may randomly on a Sunday when they're 57 decide, what's the who is the name? What well, was my grade in art in third grade? And you're supposed to just be able to pull that out of somewhere in your butt, I guess, that you've stored forever. Dean just posted a video the other day 
because I, I do a lot of goodwill dumps and he was with me and he, he saw that I gave away his baptismal candle. And he was like, why would you give this to goodwill? I go, Dean, why do I still have it? He's like, who wants a baptismal candle that had the name Dean on it? I go, somebody that is getting baptized and picked a great name. So that's what we're doing. And I find it I find it difficult to go through my things, finally put them in a box and bring them to Goodwill. But gosh, if I bring anybody with me to do the drop off at Goodwill the entire time, they just start picking stuff out of the box. Why are you getting rid of this? Why are you getting rid of this? You don't love me anymore. You're getting rid of this. I was like, you all need to get away from me. So, um, so anyway, we have somebody with us today who is going to put us in the right frame of mind. And you better listen because this show is for you. If we had an expert on parallel parking, I'd be saying the same thing. This show is for you. So you're going to love him. Um, please help me welcome to the show. Our guest today is Matt Paxson. He's one of the top downsizing and decluttering experts in the country. He's the host of the two-time Emmy-nominated series Legacy List with Mac Paxton on PBS, and he was a featured cleaner on the hit TV show Hoarders for 15 seasons. He's the author of the best-selling book, Keep the Memories, Lose the Stuff. Um, Paxton started cleaning houses after his father, stepfather, and both grandfathers died in the same year, and is the reason Matt's been working with families struggling with hoarding and downsizing for 20 years. He appears regularly as a public speaker, a television guest and radio personality, helping families and companies find the upside of downsizing. He lives in Atlanta, Georgia with his wife and seven kids, seven kids. So he's already cooler than all of us. So please help me welcome to the show, Matt Paxton. How are you? Matt, first of all, how old are your kids? Man, we got uh, six boys, 10 to 15. Yeah. And then a 17-year-old girl. So the guy from Hoarders is hoarding kids, basically, oh. is the, the ongoing joke. Oh, there. my gosh. So you had one girl. And you're like, we have the girl. Yeah. So we're her. we're blended. I went through everything you just said you went through. <laughs> we're blended. I got divorced. I was a single dad for five years. And crazy enough, I was reading a book about minimalism. And the book was really good. And I reached out to the lady that uh, wrote the book. And that's now my wife. And we blended kids. And so she had four, I had three. It's crazy. Read a book. It's like the one book I read in 10 years. <laughs> Is that how you find I wrote, I wrote two books. Yeah, literally. I wrote two books and I'd only read one book in like 10 years. And that's how I met her. I went online to be like, I thought it was some old lady that wrote a book about minimalism. And I got there and she wasn't old. And so you and can just started. go to the book. Oh, gosh, they should always have pictures of the authors now. So right? go to the bookstore and be like, he's cute. I'll Damn. Uh, Literally, the book changed my life. And so I was like, it's really good. So like, I'll, I'll check it out. I was a single dad. I didn't know what I was doing. And, and ironically, I was struggling with stuff, my kids' stuff. And a bunch of people recommended this book. So it's called uh, Minimalism for Families. And so I read it. So yeah, that's how we met. So now we got seven kids. It's crazy. It's, wait, and her book is called what? Minimalism for Families. Oh, I thought it was called How to Catch a Man. No, well, yeah, I later found out she was just reeling me in. But I didn't, didn't <laughs> She's like, I'm writing this for yeah. a guy named Matt. So. I had no idea. Well, I, you know, I'd been on TV for 15 years and like she didn't, she didn't even own a TV. So I was like, yeah, I'm interested. Like this is, she doesn't even know who I am. Like this is great. You know, it was really, it's a funny story. Yeah. That is a funny 
funny story. Yeah. So you guys started like chatting online. Yeah, total. It's like a movie, man. We talked online. It's like a bad Hallmark Christmas movie. You know, like we talked yeah, online and then she so showed how, up. How do you decide I'm going to ask this girl out? Well, I didn't. I was too much of a limp to do it. She asked me out. I never would have ever, <laughs> ever. She showed up at my TED Talk and surprised me. Literally, I was doing this massive TED talk and nobody was, nobody, my mom, my mom didn't want to, I was newly single, my, I don't know, like three years of divorce. My mom had to watch my kids and so I had to go to this, my biggest TED talk on my, you know, you do stuff like, you know, like it was my biggest like post-divorce event right. and, uh, and nobody showed up. And so I was like really embarrassed. So I was telling my friend, this girl that we was just talking to professionally that no one was showing up and she showed up and here we are. Now I got a bunch of kids. I'm going to marry your wife. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. her. Yeah. Showing up matters, man. If you, if you, you got to take anything away, right? Oh, so how long from the time? Hey, 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 you're bad. How long from the time that you guys started talking? Stop. Did you get married? Oh, gosh. Three years. We're also like, we got seven kids, so we don't really like get to stuff. So we we lived together for a year and a half before we we actually got engaged and got married. Wow. Yeah, we just I mean we're just surviving at this point, man. It's a lot of kids, a lot of like a lot of teenagers, a lot of boys, like, a lot of bo the boys are actually pretty easy. It's the seven. It's the one girl that's the. Whole, <laughs> the whole, you have one girl, one six girl. boys. You're like we'd rather have the boys. We got nerds, man. We're really lucky. Like the boys are all nerds. They they like they don't want to miss school. Like. I mean, I have to schedule doctor's appointments after school because they don't want to miss school in the morning. And they have like band, like their nerds are a lot easier to raise them. Nerds are so funny. I remember, uh, so I have three kids, but they were pretty young, but you know, they, we never curse. We didn't cheer. Oh, I get, they get mad at me. Yeah. They really upset me. One day my daughter gets in the car and she's so upset about something. And I was like, what's going on? She's like, mom, Dean said the P word. And I was like, what? She was like, yeah. She's like, and it really upset me. And I was like, he knows the P word. She's like, yeah. And I was just like, in what context? Like, I was so confused. And I was, context here? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I use the P word. And I was like, just tell mommy. She goes, I don't want to say it. Yeah, just write it down. Yeah, I always say, here, just write it on a post it note and we can throw it away if we don't want to talk he about it. He said, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I will have a talk with him immediately. What a great, what a relief that yeah. that's the B word. Yeah, exactly. So it was, it was, that was a long time ago. Now my daughter's just cursing on stage. She's also doing stand up. So oh, God. How old is she? Wish for. Uh, my kids, my son and my daughter, 24, 21, they're both doing stand up. Yeah. Young That's awesome. Is 19. And so, yeah. So, speaking of the three children, which is the yes. reason why my house has turned into. I saw the Swift. I did see the Swiffer in the background. Swiffer. Well, that's just, left. That's just the obvious of my dogs. Before. I have a lot of problems. I wish you could fix all of them, but let's get to the part you're really good at. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know if it's just by the nature of having gone through a divorce. Mm -hmm. I think that I think that the divorce and the kids growing up. Uh, kind of pushed along the inevitable because it does feel like when you become an empty nester, you do kind of start to think about yep. getting rid of stuff a little bit more. But when you add a divorce on top of it, it's definitely like, where are we going to live now? You have that whole thing. But so talk about the story. You know, how did you get into this? So you lost. Yes. 
so I, yeah, my, I was 24 and my dad, my stepdad, both my grandfathers, all four of them died in about 18 months. Wow. And I, I had to clean out the houses and I, you know, it was awful. I mean, I didn't know what to do. I was cleaning out this, I was cleaning out a farm in Colorado. Like and I didn't know. And it wasn't like I was meant to do this. I just was the only one that didn't have a job. And so I was like the loser of the family. I was in between jobs. I was a recovering gambling addict. I'd lost everything. And so they were like, well, I guess Matt will do it, you know? And so I went and I fell in love with it. And I got to hear all these stories of my grandfather. And my, and my grandfather had always said to me, if something sucks, do it as a job because other people will pay you to do it. Yeah. And I remember cleaning his house. I was like, this sucks, man. And I was like, this is what he's talking about. And then by the time the year was over, a whole nother year, I cleaned out all those houses. And then like the little old ladies at church started calling me. They were like, hey, I heard what you did. Can you do my attic? And uh, and man, that was 25 years ago. And wow. I'm still, it's crazy. I mean, I've been doing it longer than I haven't this year. I'm 49 this year. And wow. uh, and so, I, you know, for me, I said, here's the punchline. We hold on to stuff. And by the way, I was on hoarders for 15 years. So I've cleaned, there's nothing you, I mean, I always say there's nothing you can show to surprise me. And most of the time there's not. Occasionally I'll find something I'm like, well, that's brand new. I've never seen that before. I was going to yeah. say that show. I mean, I it's remember dense. when that first came out, it was, mm -hmm. it was pretty eye opening, I think for a lot of people, but I feel like when it came out, a lot more people were talking oh. about like, this is how I live secretly. It went, it went from being a dirty secret to within two years, we're like 5% of the country struggles with hoarding, wow. <laughs> you know, and it, it's a massive number. I mean, it's a 15 million people struggle with, with high level hoarding. And so it, it is caused by trauma, which is divorce, mm -hmm. uh, kids leaving home empty. I mean, all of it, right. Everything that we encounter on a, on a regular basis, that's what causes the hoarding. But, but for the most of us, that's, I compare it to like your Patagonia jacket, right? Like, yes, it could go to the top of Mount Everest, but I wear it to the mall. Right. Like I'm pretty regular. Right. And mm -hmm. so the stuff I did on hoarders is, is your Everest. But for most of us, it's the other 95 percent of the country. And we just struggle with stuff. And why do we struggle with it? Well, we struggle with it because of good memories. Right. It's all the memories. It's that's the only reason we hold on to stuff. Right. We hope because people we care about, people we love are attached to those items. Mm -hmm. And that's why we hold on to stuff. Like you said well, it earlier in the in the thing about your kids. Are, I call it mediocre art. Right. All the mediocre art from our kids. For the most of us, our kids are horrible artists. Why are we holding on to it? Right. Well, that Why? was my question. Is that am I supposed to No. God no, throw it away. Like keep one a year. I mean, there's systems you can do. And I for me, it's mindset versus systems, right? There's tons of systems, there's tons of tips, and there's tons of books that you can read. Compare it to, to weight loss as well, right? Same thing as weight loss. There's a ton of things you can do, and there's a ton of information out there. But at the end of the day, until you switch your mindset. It, none of it matters, right? None of it's going to help you. And so for me, it's all about I. what life do I actually want, right? And and do I is this stuff really holding me back? I tend to work with a lot of seniors. And so a lot of my seniors have been in the house 30, 40, 50 years, and they want to move to senior living. And they're going to, you know, yeah. And they bought their house for 10 grand mm -hmm. in 1940, and now they're going to sell it for like $3 million, right? Mm -hmm. But there's 20 grand of mediocre crap in their house, and they won't sell it because of it. Yeah. Right. And it's a bunch of China that no one's used since 89. And the bathroom is filled with like Dracar Noir and Jupe. Mm -hmm. And like, because the kid is, you know, you're holding the, your kid's high school cologne and your kid has a high school kid in high school now. Yeah, right? Like yeah. crazy how much crap we hold on to that we well, really 
And it's funny because my mom, I remember, so we, we lost my dad. So it's just my mom. Right. And so, you know, she's 76. And so we are having more conversations yep. of like, where are you going to live in a couple of years? Yada, yada, yada. And so at some point, one of us must have said to her, like, what, are, like, what about all the stuff in the basement? Yeah. She's like, well, let's set aside. She was so thought, let's set aside a day. Everybody comes. You let me know what you want. We're like, we don't want anything. And she was like, what? Like, oh, we don't want it. So, so the original title for my book was going to be called Nobody Wants Your Stuff. <laughs> the publisher, publisher wouldn't let me do it. And what I've found out, and I, and I go to, I mean, I look, I've been doing this forever. And I, I help families all around the country. And we, we, just like your mom, we think nobody, we think nobody wants our stuff. But the reality is they don't want that stuff. They yeah. do want our stuff, but they don't want that stuff. Yeah. Um, can I tell a quick story or no? This, yes, this I love stories. Great lady. I have, this lady I have is my favorite story. This lady, uh, and we, we all think grandma's this old lady, like holding her purse at Thanksgiving dinner, like someone in the family is going to steal her purse, right? Mm. But grandma, you know, I always say this, like when I started doing this 25 years ago, grandma was a lady that worked, you know, in a factory during the war. Mm-hmm. And I used to always ask, what did you do during the war? And they would tell me. And now I ask, did you go to Woodstock? Right. It's a different grandma. Grandma is a totally different woman. Oh. I can't tell you how many women want me to go smoke weed with them now. Like grandmas. <laughs> oh, this was hard. Let's smoke a joint. And I'm like, well, that didn't happen 25 years ago. And my grandma would be devastated. Right. That's and so it's funny. shocking to me how many of these the grandmas are different women. And now, like, I have to work around like grandma's going on a date or she's going on yeah. a trip with her friends. Mm-hmm. And it used to be grandma was a sad old lady in the corner just crying, right? But now grandma's Grandma's not sad anymore. Grandma mm-hmm. is not sad. Grandma's living. So mm-hmm. like that's the first one. We got to remember like, you know, the stuff may not be as important to grandma now, mm-hmm. right? Because my clients are all 75 to 95 when you, when you look at it, believe it or not, which is wow. your mom's age, right? And my mom's age. She and, is. Yeah. And it's changing. Like, so I would say that the best story I can tell you is I had a lady, she was amazing. This lady, and there's just, we always find in the business, so like we clean houses all over the country, and there's this tool we call hot grandma, which is you find a picture of hot grandma. And grandma was super hot when she was 18, right? She's still attracted now, but she was smoking hot when she was 18. And we find a picture of grandma, like next to a World War II biplane that like, she's wearing a skirt she shouldn't be wearing, and she's smoking a cigarette. And you're like, who is this babe? Yeah. Right? Super hot. But you don't always want to use that story until grandma's upset, right? When grandma's upset about something, you may say, who's this beautiful woman? It's a stupid little dance. They're like, oh, that's me. You don't say, right? And it's this like delicate little dance that we go back on and they fall for it every time and it may, puts them in a good mood. So we hold on to pictures of hot grandma. And so like the guys will be like, it's hot grandma time, right? And so you bring it out. Whenever grandma's feeling bad, you bring it and say, who's this? Well, this is one night we're cleaning the house out and this lady is super upset. And we bring the picture over. I go, who's this? And she goes, oh, that was me. And I go, oh, you don't say. And we get ready to do the whole dance again. And the granddaughter, who's like 25, like the mom was 45, granddaughter's 25, and grandma is like 70 probably at the time. And granddaughter goes, who's that? That's not grandpa. Yeah. And so the room changes, right? She's like, oh, that's Armando. He was my lover. (laughs) 
And we're like, uh, excuse me? And then she just goes to the next picture. And we're like, no, 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 no. We got to hear. Hot grandma, we need to go back. We can hear better mind up. So we're like, we want, every, we want to know it all. Like, tell me everything. She's like, well, you know, that was the summer after the war. And she was, I was working at uh, MIT. I was an art history professor at MIT. And Armando was the Spanish professor. She goes, and he was very handsome. She goes, we had a torrid love affair. And she's just like, I mean, she goes, it was wonderful. And she goes, <laughs> And she goes, and then I met you. He he went back to Spain, and I met your grandfather the next summer. And that was it. And we got. Married. And we were like, oh my god! And the mom is like flabbergasted, right? Because she's only known her dad and her mom. We know about our mom? And I believe grandma was actually hot grandma. And she's like telling us like how toward. The, I mean, telling us things she shouldn't be telling, and she was just smiling and loving it, right? And and then the granddaughter goes, wait a minute, you are a professor at MIT. And she's like, yeah, I was the first female adjunct professor at MIT. So here's the deal. Telling the stories is how you find out how amazing grandma is, right? Yeah. And so what ended up happening is we found the picture. She's wearing this beautiful dress. And she's like, I still have the dress. That got us into grandma's, into grandma's closet. And basically, it was the first time I ever saw granddaughter shopping in grandma's closet. Mm. And what it changed everything. She found this fur that this, this girl wanted to wear this fur. It was amazing. It was mad. It was just fabulous. And we got for two hours, we heard stories about all these amazing outfits and where grandma warm and what she was doing. Right. It changed everyone's view about grandma. Yeah. It's because we shared the stories. So long story short, it's not that nobody wants your stuff. It's we don't want that stuff. Yeah. I don't need the, the dining room. Forget it. We're good. Yeah. But dude, get me in the closet and we're going to hear some stories. And yeah. those stories is what actually helps you get through the house. And so I yeah. tell everybody, I mean, like the stories of the, your kids, mediocre art, like pick one or two, have them tell the story. Right? Well, tell me, yeah. I, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. I, you know, everything was happening in my life between yeah. divorcing and my dad passing and all, yeah, the, all the transitions, all the, all trans- the trans- kids aged out, divorce. And losing a parent. Yeah. You had, All most people get that in 10 or 20 years. You got yeah. it in probably two or three. Yeah. And then you add menopause on top of it. Matt, it was a good time. It's a good year. Um, yeah. It's just an awful year. Um, and the fact that I had to really think about where I was going to live now, right? So what are we going to do with the house? Should I move? Should I downsize? Whatever. And uh, it became obvious that in the market that we were and with uh, interest rates so high, it was cheaper to stay, yep. even if I didn't want to. And so for me, part, part of that process of cleaning out was really just getting some bad juju out for me. So, so lucky you, you got to stay in the house where all the trauma happened. Uh, lucky me, right. And no, so, you're so lucky. So you need to renovate the whole damn house. I mean, well, that's... That is the process that I started and it was expensive and took forever. There was something really therapeutic Mm -hmm. about being financially constrained to have to stay in a place. Yeah, but it's yours now. It's not anyone else. It's not your kids. It's not your kids. It's not your ex-husbands. It's not your moms. It's yours. It is. All that crap is worth it. 
for it that is. mindset. Like going through each of these boxes, I do. I still. I mean, I'm still doing it. It's 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 been 24 years of marriage and children, and it yep. doesn't happen overnight. And I think that that's important to tell people. Like, uh, I have a box by my front door yep. that's just my goodwill box, and as I go around the house, I'm like, I'm not using this, and I put it in the box. Like, I don't even have to make a whole afternoon of it. I'm yep. like. So here's a little tip, stupid little tip. Put the Goodwill box. By the way, I'm Goodwill's national ambassador for donations. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I love it. Put the Goodwill box in the trunk of your car, not at the door. Because what happens is the box fills up and then it's too heavy to to pick up and you're not going to donate. And then those memories sit there. You've already decided to get rid of those items, right? You're ready to get them out of your life. But the box gets heavy and it sits there. So put the box in your trunk. Mm. And when it's full, you drive by Goodwill and someone will pull it out. You don't even pick it up. Yeah. Right? And then you put a new every time and you, you know, you're getting an Amazon box this week and everybody does. Wow. And so you put that Amazon box back. They in. know me over at the Goodwill. They're like, Hey Dean, I'm like, Hey fellas. So just I go every week. Off. We go, I go every Saturday, every but Saturday. It, I go to Goodwill. it yeah. was, uh, it has and continues to be like, you're saying there's memories that come up, some good, some bad. And I feel like there's just something um, ritualistic about saying goodbye to some portion of your life and being okay. And like you're saying, pick out a couple of things and be like, I like, I'm going to save these, but this can go to the trash and this can go to the I mean, that's, and I don't, I know this is supposed to be a funny podcast, but that's what happened on Hoarders. The people on Hoarders didn't get to say goodbye to, they didn't take the time. They didn't actually celebrate the, the good memories or Talk about the bad ones. I mean, my whole process, you know, everybody's got a different process. My process is real simple. Tell the stories, take the time to tell the stories and the important stuff will rise to the top. You'll know. Mm. And it's often not the stuff you think it is. And then let's sell it or donate. At that point, it's an operational decision. But once you've celebrated the people that matter, and that's that's the whole point of my show, Legacy List. A legacy list is a list of the top five things that matter most in your family. Mm. And you tell those stories, those generational stories, Right. I have a cookbook that my, it's actually right there. I have a cookbook from my mom. And after all the men in my family died, my mom went around the country for a year. She took the time. I mean, it's really amazing when I look back on this is 25 years ago and she got everybody's, she visited all the women. She got all the recipes and she wrote them all down in one little book mm-hmm. and it's, it's in their handwriting. And so now this book is all the women that raised me, all the women from my church growing up, all the women that I've dated since like it's at, at all all of the recipes of, of my life are in this book. And fast forward, like what, last year, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia now with my Korean stepkids. And I'm teaching them about how to make my great grandma's apricot pies. And my great grandma was a homesteader in Colorado. And they're finding out all the history of all the men and women that raised me. And they're, my, my family was cowboys. I mean, they were homesteaders. And like, they're like, what? Like they can't believe it. Right. And it's all because of this little recipe book. Yeah. I was going to say, because one other time, I think there's so much that surrounds food. I we're Italian. It's all food. And that food was just about getting people to the table to talk. It's a reason to bribe. And I find myself cooking more now, Matt, ever, because my kids are all 19 plus. I'm like, I have food. They're like, you have food. We'll come over. I'm like, okay. You're in like the best spot. If you're an Italian family and everyone's over 19, you've now got a, you just got an empty house and now they're going to fill it again with that next generation of people. Right. And like, the key there is just like always keeping a pot on the stove and keeping the front door open. But like, think of all the stories that are going to be told in your house moving forward. 
Yeah. Those and and think about this visually. And I want everyone that's listening to think about this. When you make space, I mean, Dina, you're doing it right now. Like, what an amazing! You went through the crap, and now you're on the good side of it, right? And you've cleared space for the new memories. We're getting rid of the old memory. This sounds so hippy dippy, but I promise you, this is how you clean a house, right? We we got rid of the man, we got rid of the stuff, and we're making space for new memories. And before you know it, there's you know like. It's crazy to me. Like my favorite thing is when I go to clean out a lady's house, it'll be like some 85 year old lady. Right. And I'll be like, she's like, oh, Tommy's who's Tommy. Tommy's my boyfriend. And you find out like Tommy comes over and he's going through the ex-husband's old stuff. And he's like, I don't need this. I don't need this. And I'm like, where's the ex-husband? I'm always assuming he's dead. She's like, oh, he lives up the street. We got divorced when we were like 55, you know, but like, I'm telling you, you're making, and I'm telling not you, everyone listening. It's all baby steps. You got to take your time. It's not about like you talk about your mom. Let's take one day. That's not realistic. It took us 30 to 40 years to fill a house. We need to take, a, I, actually, I say a year, but not a full year. I'm saying do an hour every other night, an hour once a week. Yeah. Go through the pictures. The I mean, we all have the the guest room closet full of pictures. Yeah. Yeah. I have our it downstairs. Kids, boxes. Our kids have a drawer that has five cell phones that they've had in their life and all the pictures are there. Well, let me ask. Yeah, let me ask you. The I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, you're good. I have so many because you have such good info. But um, there's a lot of people on here that are saying, like I, I think, and I don't know. Again, I'd love to hear your opinion. I think in general, I am, I am pretty good at organizing things. I'm pretty good at going through things, like just the way my brain kind of works. But I think for a lot of people, and you probably have worked with lots of them, is. if that is not part of your general personality, like what is the best way to get started? Like mine was kicked off by necessity because of yeah. divorce and life. Yours is actually easier. You had to, you didn't choose to, you, it happened to you. You so you had to do it. So it's yeah. actually easier when life happens, but yeah. What if you're just, life is good. You're sitting at home, but you're messy. Yeah. All right. How do we get started? For me, you're going to laugh. I want you to start with the kitchen sink. That's it. I want you to make sure the kitchen sink is empty every night. That's it. The dishes have to be put away. Empty sink. I want you to do that 30 days in a row. I know this sounds silly, but it is commitment. It's, it's, and it proves. Okay, let's say, let's say I did that, Matt. Let's okay. say I, like I did what Matt said. It on day 31, what, where do I go? What yep. magical thing is supposed to happen? Okay. So now you're going to make the decision. What do you want your house to look like? What do you actually want? What's your finish line? You have to pick your finish line. If you don't know what, you, if you don't know where you're going, you can't pack for vacation. So I want to know like, what do you want? Do you want to have a house empty enough for people to come over? Do you want to have, if it's, if it's, do you just want to have an extra room, right? You just want to have a closet that you can't, but you got too many clothes in your closet. What's your goal, right? And then we're going to put together a system of what do I have to do every night for, and I say 10 minutes, you might say 15, 20. It can't be an hour. It has to be less than 30 minutes. You, if it's more than 30 minutes, you will quit because you've already proven yourself that you'll quit. Katie says, what do you do if you're clean, but your family is the problem? Well, then that sucks, but that's real. Um, you can't shame them. You can't get mad. You have to practice with them. You have to work with them and you can't get angry. Um, I will tell you, this is, this will be an unpopular statement on this podcast. I can tell already. Um, <laughs> most of us tend to focus on what we did accomplish. Excuse me. Most people focus on what they did not accomplish versus on what they did accomplish. Okay. 
And so I will tell you this, typically when I have a, a male female couple that I'm helping clean, the husband will be like, look, we did it, man. We, we cleaned out the closet for 30 minutes. And then the wife will say, well, but look how much more we have to do. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Wow. That makes the guy say, eh, screw this. I'm out. Mm. Right? Because you've already shamed them for something they've been shamed of for 30 years. So if you've got family that sucks and you're great, because um, that's, <laughs> that's what we feel, that's which is all of us, right? Yes. Um, maybe we'll communicate differently. That's one way to get them to keep going and then do it with them. And you don't shame them, but you work with them for say 30 minutes, but don't do more than 30 minutes. It's a, it took 30, 40 years to make your house look like this. You've yeah. got to take the time to do it. So my thing is like, I mean, for me, it's the kids, right? Like my kids are slobs, man, like total slobs. And so for us, we were spending more time organizing um, because we had too much stuff. And so instead of saying we don't have enough time, we decided to have less stuff. Less so we just got rid of it. So we, I mean, we're minimalists, so we're extreme. I'm not saying be a minimalist, but like I have five shirts, two pair of pants. That's mm-hmm. it. That's all I got. My closet is this big, okay? literally the size of the screen. That's how big my closet is. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not saying you got to go that far, but it's something we did. We made as a family, we made a commitment that we wanted a better life because the stuff was weighing us down. So you yeah. got to really just, this is so hippy dippy, but I promise you, you got to make the choice. Do we want to have more stuff or do we want to have more time? Yeah. And so once you've made that commitment, then you start to do it. I, I say 10, start at 10 minutes, just to like try to find specific with kids or men. Yeah. Give them, get, if you're working with your husband or your partner, say, I want two items I can donate. That's okay. it. Two items. That's it. Do it. And then celebrate, celebrate however you want to celebrate, but make sure that guy knows, Hey man, good things happen when I let things donate. And guess every woman listening knows how to manipulate their man. You're going to do it in a positive way. Okay. I'm not saying anything, but you're just do what you already do, but have him clean stuff out. Okay. And it's donation. It's not sell. If you focus on sell, you'll be disappointed. You'll never be happy with the amount of money you get. You will be happy that you've helped someone out. Yeah. People are good in nature. I believe that. And I've seen that over my 25 years. So focus on donation, small, very small, like, Pick, give me two books. Give me three books. Don't go over the number three. Give me two small items. Reward the person for doing it. Take it to donation. And then you'll see, and you repeat, and you see that happening over a week. And you're talking, it's 20 minutes, man. Started at 7.30, you're done at eight. Yeah. You're on the couch, relaxing at eight, man. I'm telling you the house will quickly, quickly start to clean. But you shadowed the behavior and you communicated positively. Most families come to me, they say, my family sucks. They don't know how to clean it. They teach them for 30 seconds. They say, you know, you're doing it wrong. And they push them out of the way and then they do it again. They're right. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't work. Yeah. Matt, I'm so in, I could just feel like I could just listen. Do you just have women just, just following you around like that? I have a, yeah, 65 year old women love me. That's, (laughs) That's the big joke at our house. Yeah. Nobody else. Nobody. They're like, I got a lot of hotties. I got a lot of of moms that went to Woodstock. Hey, look, I'm telling you, and this is where I'm ready to get really preachy here. Like I did convert to minimalism five years ago. And even the guy, I mean, I cannot tell you how much better my life is. I have more money. I have more time. I have less stress. I, I have significant more time with my kids because I mean, I even got rid of my grass. Like I have turf. I know that sounds crazy, but like I got tired of, I got tired of like, I was like, man, I'm spending two hours on a Saturday mowing lawns. And I'm like, what am I doing? This is stupid. And so we got, and this is extreme. I'm not saying go tear up your grass, but I don't even have, we have plants that don't need to be maintained. I have turf. 
I don't spend any time on my yard. I don't spend any time on my stuff. And so where do I spend my time? With my kids. Yeah, and yeah. my life is much better. Now let's find the smaller version of that for you. Yeah. Right? And I think so much of it has to do with um, with uh, the time you have. Like you are in the throes of, of children. And at the time I wasn't outside, but I like gardening. I like being in the garden. I know my friend Judy from Saskatoon. She's got her little plants. Like I enjoy it and I have the time. I don't yeah, have to and do it. Yeah. Um, but so it is, it's, you know, where it's you- all relative. Absolutely. It's all relative to you. Yeah. Like I get really with so many kids, I get stuck on like, how much time do I have left with these kids? Mm-hmm. And like with my stepdaughter, I realized, you know, I mean, she graduates in May. Yeah. So like I'm running out of weekends, you know? And so this season of my life, I got no stuff, but man, when they were kids, that's all I had. Yeah. I mean, apparently all my buddies are becoming grandparents and apparently like your house fills up again with kid crap when you become grandparents. Great. I'm ready for that season too. But right now in this season, I'm getting rid of stuff. And I think that is cyclical in life. You're going to have a season where you have a lot of stuff. You're going to have a season where you don't have much. And then you have a season where you have it again. If we don't take advantage of the stuff when you don't need it, we don't get rid of it. There's not going to, it just becomes piles. And I just, you know, I think it's silly when I see so many of my clients that retire and they're like, well, I'm going to spend the next five years clean out my house. I'm like, dude, go travel. I know. Like, go hang out with your woman, man. Like, go have a good time. Like, go to dinner. Go out to dinner five nights a week. Like, you worked hard. Like, that's what life is for. Stop worrying about the crap in the house. And I, I have, I've probably moved, I don't know, two or 3,000 people into senior living. Wow. And not one person has ever called me and said, move me back. Or they've never called and said, I want that stuff back. I want my stuff back. I've yeah. Never had that call. No. All never. right. Well, Matt, listen, I feel like we could do this all day. So I want to thank you. I think that thank you. Yeah. I think it's important to hear that. You know, you can be ruled by things or you can decide how you want to spend your time. And that's what I have come to the conclusion that time is my greatest commodity. And where do I want to spend? Hands down. My son very eloquently said to me, he goes, dad, how does it feel knowing you, uh, you've lived, you've got more years behind you than you do ahead of you. My 12 year old son said this to me. He was just curious. He was just being, what do you, how does it feel? I'm like, well, it doesn't feel good when you put it that way, buddy. Yeah, that I'm right? going to try. Cool. But damn, I'm going to use every damn minute. Right. And I'm not going to spend it cleaning out my closet. Mm-hmm. And I hope you guys don't need it. If you need help, my book is Keep the Memories, Lose the Stuff. Mm-hmm. Keep the Memories, Lose the Stuff. You can get it at the library. You don't have to buy it. In fact, don't buy it. Go check it out. Because <laughs> if you buy it, you got you to gotta hold on to it, right? Don't buy it. But if you do buy it, give it to your friend that needs it, right? There you go. Pass it forward. So you can find that at IamMattPaxton.com. So be sure to check them out. And what are your social handles? And everything's I am. Everything's I am Matt Paxton. I am yeah. Matt Paxton. So you can find them. Well, thank you, Matt. So thank you, much. guys. It was it's awesome. Thank you. Thank pleasure. you. Your wife sounds lovely, and your yeah. seven kids, and yeah, they're um, all right. She's great. Yeah. 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 I have a couple daughters myself. So, uh, but thanks for joining us today. It was such a pleasure. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. Bye bye. I love that. Right? I think it's great when we have such great guests on just to hear certain messages. I just pulled three things out of my closet for donation. Good for you. You are well on your way. 
Um, but it is. I mean, if you've been following uh, this show for any amount of time, uh, you can probably go back from the beginning of this show and see like a big transition. Uh, and none of it was overnight, that's for sure. So, um, you know, if you're the kind of person that's finding that you're maybe by way of just life, you're going through lots of changes, um, you know, maybe this is the time that you needed to hear it. Or if you're just going through um, life and you don't have a tremendous amount of changes, but you'd like to create some, um, this is a great place to uh, to start. So hopefully you've been inspired um, and uh, can go from there. But uh, but want to thank sexy producer Michelle for finding uh, a great guest for us today. Um, yeah. And I'm pretty sure he, at the end he said, and don't get rid of your Christmas tree. Keep it up year round. So thank you, Matt. Um, so that's it, everybody. We had a great day today. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll check in with Chris tomorrow, uh, for some more hearts for our Valentine's tree. Why am I saving these 50 scarves I have in my drawer? Exactly. Um, so uh, that's it. So like uh, Judy from Saskatoon says, do something nice for yourself or others today. Uh, got a lot of fun stuff planned uh, coming up, working on with the ladies. And uh, that's it. So I hope you have a great day and a blessed day and hope you got to laugh a little bit. Uh, stay tuned for some videos we'll be putting out as well. And uh, thanks for watching, everybody. So have a good one. I'll see you soon. Hey guys, if you enjoyed today's morning show, make sure to follow us for more One Funny Mother content. Okay, alright. Morse code is tapping. And check out OneFunnyMotherStore.com for great, new, inappropriate swag. And for more exclusive content, consider becoming a supporter. She got a bad leg! Thanks again, and we'll see you tomorrow on One Funny Morning. Boop, boop. <laughs>